Welcome back to another episode of the Max Term Podcast. Kyle Stitch here alongside James Finch. And today we are going to do a midseason recap and forward-looking predictions, I guess you we should say. We're going to replay a few of our clips. Some uh, make one of us look not great. And then that same person looks a little better with one of his takes. But we'll, we'll replay some of our clips from the beginning of the season when we did a short episode on kind of our preseason predictions if you want to go back and see how wrong we were feel free we'll 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 help you out a little bit but i think there's some more gold in there to make fun of us with and uh we appreciate you listening to this podcast subscribing on any major platform give us a follow on x formerly twitter at max term pod we post a lot of our stuff on at afp analytics as well we're we're in the process of rolling out some uh, mid-season contract projections we will also be posting our at the end of the episode we're going to talk about what we see the playoffs are as we're gonna we'll post the those like brackets there as well and all that good stuff our personal accounts can also easily be found from the at afp analytics we always welcome your questions feel free to ask us give us some feedback what you think's going to happen tell us how wrong we are that's fine can take an hour every so often uh any ads or anything associated with this podcast not necessarily products we're working with endorsing will be very clear if that's ever the case and these are just our fun predictions nothing we're not portraying any inside knowledge in this episode or anything like that not that there's probably much to cover in this episode that would, would be inside knowledge anyways so we're going to start in the eastern conference where things basically stand as of this recording we're recording thursday january 18th in the evening as most of the games are going on for the night so we do not have the final results by any means so keep in mind some things could be a little bit different than we're referencing by the time we get this out and results happen and everything so right now in the eastern conference we have the in the metro division only three teams in a playoff spot the new york rangers currently leading the division followed by the philadelphia flyers and carolina hurricanes and then the islanders penguins devils are all right there in contention i feel like i'm also forgetting someone as well technically the capitals capitals as well i think i, I think that's there, a, there's a reason i forgot them probably and then in the atlantic division that's where both wildcard teams sit right now the boston bruins are leading the florida panthers the detroit red wings are all in the regular spots the division spots if you will and then the wildcard teams right now are both in that division. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, and then Montreal and Buffalo a little bit farther behind. And then Ottawa's bringing up the rear just like Columbus is bringing up the rear in the Metro. So start with, start with uh, where you see some teams finishing. Let's start with the Metro, and uh, then maybe we'll uh, make a little fun of me. So for the Metro, I've got Carolina, uh, the New York Rangers, and the Penguins all making it in comparison before I was thinking Hurricanes, Devils, Islanders. I don't think the Islanders make the playoffs this year. So I, I feel pretty strongly about those three um, locking in playoff spots with those three division spots for the Metro. So I felt very strongly about the Rangers at the beginning of the season. 
except I thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs. So let, let's hear what I had to say, and uh, and I'll say how wrong I am in a second. So here's what I had to say back when we did our preseason predictions. So maybe a little bit bold, probably pretty bold. I have the Rangers missing the playoffs this year. I don't think that's things are going to go well. I don't think I don't like Laviolette as a coach. I don't think they have quite enough talent there. I think they're just things are going to fall off the rails there. So clearly that has not played out at all. Laviolette's actually come in and really sparked that team, I think. And I think one of the biggest things that I did not necessarily see coming is Alexis Lafreniere took a major step forward. He's playing much more like a number one overall pick. Maybe you still probably want more, but a lot closer to that. And frankly, given he hadn't shown steps like that, I was really concerned about their forward talent. Still have some questions up front, but he's he's helped round it out. Jonathan Quick's been a lot better in goal than expected. And then the blue line has been pretty solid with especially Adam Fox back there, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truber, Ryan Lindgren, and Braden Schneider as well has has been a good regular player for them. So I was wrong, definitely. And I'm still going to not fully buy into the Rangers because I think some of their underlying like shot qual shot quantity Corsi if you will shot quality expected goals are still not as strong as you want and I think some of their early season success might be a level of unsustainable because of blocking a lot of shots getting some good goaltending especially from Jonathan Quick and I just don't know if all that's going to be sustainable for the second half of the season but one of the themes of this episode is going to be at least for me they have a lot of points banked. So so they're still in a really good spot. My prediction in the Metro, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers in second place. So Carolina will, I have them winning the division. And then the New Jersey Devils as the other kind of automatic division qualifier for the playoffs. I think that they'll pick it up as well. Yeah, so I'm going to say... I guess to touch really quick on that New York Rangers stuff, um, I don't want to take a victory lap really because my original prediction was they would just sneak in as a second wild card. So I don't think either of us were really too close anyways. Um, but moving to the Atlantic, right now as we record, we're, we're looking at the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, and Detroit Red Wings being in. I believe when it's all said and done, we'll see the Panthers first, then the Bruins, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Detroit Red Wings, a lot of those underlying numbers you just mentioned, I'm not a fan of them with the Red Wings. Um, I think they've gotten pretty lucky to be where they are right now, and I think they end up falling out of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I agree. I think I basically agree with you for at least those top I, for the top three teams in that division. I have the Panthers winning it, Boston Bruins in second place, Toronto catching enough fire, maybe getting Joseph Wall back and and or some level of good goalie play and some consistency. 
So the same thing I said about the Rangers, I kind of feel about the Bruins. They're they have a lot of points banked, so they're going. They should be in a great spot for the playoffs. But a lot of their underlying metrics also give you a little bit of pause for concern. I think the difference is I have more confidence in both Bruins goalies continuing to play at a high level and winning them games, and I think the style of hockey Boston's playing is going to be conducive to that. Whereas the Rangers, Jonathan Quick, I think, exceeding expectations. So I, I would expect a level of regression to the mean with them. So Panthers winning the division, Boston Bruins in second, Toronto Maple Leafs in third. I don't think they comfortably get that, but I think they do get there. Yep, I agree. And what's left is those two wild card spots. So right now, uh, actual standings, Toronto and Tampa Bay make up that for the East. As far as what we're predicting, so we both have Toronto in that third Atlantic spot. Neither one of us have Tampa making the playoffs. We've each got a wild card just sneaking in in the second spot with the Flyers. And then that first wild card spot, we kind of have this flipped. So you had New Jersey as the, the third division spot and then the Penguins in the first wild card. I have it flipped. Penguins up devils in that wild card spot and to me that that's a points bank thing i would have liked to see a little more from new jersey early on a big part of their issues is their goaltending and i'd like to think that they fix that they find someone bring them in but i think the past few years have shown if you've got goalie issues easier said than done fixing that so I think they do enough. They definitely make the playoffs in that wild card spot, but I'm a little iffy on putting them higher. Yeah, I think neither of us fully want to buy into the Flyers. They're I they're dropping back to earth a little bit. Like a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, we kind of did like a, a, a Black Friday, who starts are we buying, who starts are we selling. At that point, the Flyers' underlying metrics were, were a little bit better. They were above well above 50 percent and now we're looking at them hovering right around 50 percent so basically breaking even in both shot quantity and quality but that the fact that they have so many points banked is going to down the stretch in the nhl it's just really hard to catch teams because of the the point system you get to overtime you get a point and it's really hard to make up ground and I don't know, I think I've said this on this podcast before, anecdotally, it just, it feels like later in the season you play more in your conference, so there just feels like there's a lot more three-point games with teams in a conference, so it's harder for teams to make up ground. Yeah, and when I look at who's below them, I don't think there's enough teams positively making their way up the standings. So even with the Flyers kind of regressing a little bit and not playing quite as well as they did in maybe the first half of the season, I think they do well enough. The other factor there for me is going into the year, Flyers are that team that's like, okay, full rebuild. They don't have many players on their roster that are pending UFAs that they kind of have to get rid of and get value for. There's a couple defensemen. But other than that, they don't necessarily have to rush trading off assets. So I could kind of see them, maybe they move someone like a Sean Walker, but I, I think some of the bigger names that were questioned for, even their goalie Carter Hart, I, I could easily see them waiting 
not making that decision in season and just seeing how the year goes. So one team both of us left out of the playoffs this time around. I left them out the first time around to Tampa Bay Lightning. I I didn't like the... I'll, let me put it this way. I think they've done better early season than I expected without Andre Vasilevsky, but I also think there are bigger issues with that team than I expected as well. So I expected the goaltending and maybe back end to let them down a little bit early in the season. Maybe they make a late surge to the playoffs. I think that there's just issues with that roster at this point that are just probably unfixable. Yeah, I agree. On top of that, some of the, we'll call them franchise players, I guess, aren't quite playing to that level anymore. That said, Kucherov is possibly going to, I think, finish for the Hart Trophy, Hart Ross, in that conversation. He's right up there. But yeah, I, I don't think that team has enough enough depth. I kind of went back and forth of them maybe just sneaking in instead of the Flyers. It wouldn't shock me to see that happen. But yeah, too many question marks for me. They were kind of right on the edge before, and I, I think they're out now. Yeah, I I, I mean, I don't see how they're going to pass Detroit necessarily at this point. I mean, not a ton of, I mean, they're basically tied in the standings. Detroit has two more points as we're, as we're recording this. Same same number of games played, so really close, but at the same point, Detroit is ahead, and I think if you ask me whose roster I like better, I think I would say Detroit, but I don't love either of their rosters. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Detroit on paper has more depth. Um, I don't think it's necessarily performing much better, but yeah, in theory, I I, I would take Detroit's roster for sure. And then the Islanders are, are a pesky team who's right there as well. And I mean, just when it comes down to it, I they, there you just can't count them out. At least if you're Tampa Bay, I Tampa Bay sputtered at the end of last season, but they had enough points banks last year to get into the playoffs. If anything similar happens this year, they could drop almost to last in the division. Not Potentially, quite, but seventh. Yeah. It, it, I would say it could happen. Yeah. I, I mean, so as far as the Islanders are concerned, they're that team that we never think is going to be as good as they are. And so far this year, they kind of aren't that good. They're hanging in there, but they're not surprising anyone. I I guess I, I'm I'm picking them not to make the playoffs, obviously. So maybe... Maybe I get shocked again and the Islanders are in, but I'm not really banking on it with who else is ahead of them with points banked. And then who else is kind of in that same point range who I feel like we're kind of seeing a spark from right now that should pull ahead a little more so than what's going on for the Islanders. The Islanders are, are interesting and they were started off slow, got caught fire for for about a month and now so they've just been streaks like they're they're back yeah. on a, on a rough rough patch so w one indicator if you're kind of looking at the standings and want to see if teams are performing relative to where they are as simple as it sounds the goal differential matters 
teams with better goal differential generally end up in the playoffs. Generally, you need a positive goal differential. The Islanders are minus 20. The New Jersey Devils are minus three. If if you're betting on one of those teams to progress, it's it's the Devils. Yep. And then, I mean, in that same sentence, I should be fair. Tampa Bay is also only minus three right now as well. But all the teams ahead of them, Toronto, Detroit, the Panthers, the Bruins, and then Penguins are right there with them. Hurricanes, Flyers, Rangers all are carrying positive goal differential right now. So, and then I even look at the the East. Buffalo's not doing well point-wise. Their goal differential isn't great. But they're also... Last month has been better for them. Yeah. They're still kind of not quite finishing like they need to, but they've been playing an overall better game in the past month. So even though they're kind of down towards the bottom of the standings there, I think they're moving their way up a little bit, which if you're a team kind of hanging right outside the wild card spot, the last thing you want is another team joining the pack. So it, I don't know, Buffalo's... I don't have them making the playoffs. They could be kind of that pesky team on the outside that causes issues for others. It's probably just like last season where they, they put themselves in the conversation but just have too much ground to make up. Five on five right now, basically, uh, Quandy, Corsi, 50, basically 50%. Yep. A little bit above. Goals for percentage at five on five, 50%. So special teams is killing them. That. So if they have a 50% goal, um, goals for percentage, five on five, and their goal differential is negative, that's all from special teams. And then their expected goals, percentage shot quality, if you will, just a, below 50% rounding up, it's at 50%. So the metrics are there, but they're probably too far behind. If Yeah, I mean, so as we speak right now they have 42 points they're they're playing right now so that could change but that's i'm going to say 5 or 6 points out from being in that wild card hunt with the the rest of the teams we've been mentioning that's tough to make up especially when like yes they've been playing better the last month we kind of just went through that they've seemed like they're an average team based on their metrics but they just haven't been able to win games consistently. And that's going to be an issue. And they don't have any any games in hand, really. I mean, they're, they've played 44 and most... A lot of those teams in the wild card pack, I'm, we've been talking about Pittsburgh, 42. So they've got games in hand on Buffalo. It, it's not going to be easy. So do the Devils at 42, Toronto at 42. It, it's... It's a bit of an uphill climb for Buffalo, and I, I kind of agree. It very much feels like it could be one of those very similar years as this last season of finishing maybe right outside the wild card spots. I guess I bring that up in that you know you're listening, you you want a little action for the second half of the NHL season. I haven't looked at at any current odds or anything, and don't bet money you can't afford to lose or anything. But if there's someone that might have some little bit farther odds you can get a little better return that maybe could make a little bit of a run the sabers in the east could be uh could be something to to put a few bucks on if you're looking for a little excitement i i guess yeah 
Yeah. Western Conference is start with the central rundown of where we stand right now. Winnipeg Jets are currently in first place, actually one of the best teams in the league. Colorado, Dallas Stars, and Nashville Predators are in a wild card spot. Uh, of course, Winnipeg, Colorado, Dallas would be the three automatic division qualifiers. Yeah, so looking back on what we predicted, I, I was looking at the Stars, Avalanche, and Wild in those three spots, and then the Jets sneaking in as a wild card. Looks like you had the similar, exact same, actually. We were kind of wrong on the Winnipeg Jets. They have really shot up. And honestly, this not to focus on the bad, I guess, but Minnesota Wild, I think, are maybe even more of a surprise of what's kind of been happening with them. Thought they would be a little better. I don't want to say I'm shocked based on... Their, what their roster looks like, some key pieces they're missing. But that's kind of the big one that's shocking me. And looking at how the end of the year is going to finish, I've got Winnipeg, I've got Dallas, and then Colorado, and I, I don't have any other central teams making it. So I think everything you said is 100% correct. I think Minnesota's... In bad, bad luck with injuries, regression in goal, especially from Philip Gustafson, that's just not a recipe for success. Jared Spurgeon recently announced he will be out for the rest of the season. He's had really tough luck this year. Jonas Brodin's missed a good chunk of games. Yes, Brock Faber stepped up, but Kaprizov's been injured. Boldy's been injured. Just all their top names have been in and out of the lineup for half the season and then add in goaltending has not been where it needs to be and yeah not yeah. not a good situation for for minnesota there so my prediction and i we played a clip earlier that i was dead wrong with I'll play a clip in a second after i get my my four team four teams coming out of the central yes i have a wild card team out of the central pat myself on the back a little bit i guess <laughs> so winnipeg jets as you you said everything perfectly they're they're actually really really good their metrics support them being a good team they have arguably the best goalie in the league we'll get into that a little bit more in a little while then i have i have colorado in second dallas in third i mean if if those two were flipped i would not be surprised either and then i've been on the arizona coyote bandwagon for the entire season they're right there in the wild card hunt. Connor Ingram's playing tremendously in goal for them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the Coyote bandwagon and and put them as my as a wild card team, my second wild card team, if you will. So back when we, we recorded the first time, I jokingly said I was on the Coyotes, but here here's here's kind of my exact words on Arizona. Joking a little bit that maybe Arizona's one of those last like pushing for that a seed and i don't think that that's a hot take i think it's bold but yeah. that's that's kind of where the west but. is at and that seems to be exactly where the west is at the arizona coyotes are definitely in the mix in the hunt i think the big question with them is whether they'll stay the course and, and not make trades at the deadline because they do have a lot of guys on 
expiring contracts that probably would fetch them some value. Yeah, that, that's where for me they're slightly different than the Flyers situation is. I, I think it's a little easier for the Flyers to kind of say, oh, we can just stand pat here and see what happens, where Arizona is kind of staring at some opportunity in the trade market to bring in future value. It's staring them right in the face. So they, they kind of I, – I could see if they pick it up over the next couple of weeks and – I guess even a little bit more than that leading up to the deadline, they could decide to stand pat. I don't know if they would buy. But yeah, it would not shock me to see them sneak in. I, I think that's a good pick. It really does speak to to where the West is at. I think, I mean, the Central has those clear three top teams. The Pacific right now standings are Vancouver Canucks very comfortably in first place. Tied with the Jets for most points in the league. Jets have a slightly better point percentage as we're recording this at least. And then Vegas and the LA Kings, second and third currently in the Pacific. But both those teams are falling. Then the Edmonton Oilers would be the other would be one of the wild card teams. The Nashville Predators would be the other wild card team if the season were to end today. And the Oilers are, of course, on an absolute tear. Uh the early season struggles could have been attributed to what we had said on our preseason predictions when we gushed over them. So, so here, here, Oiler fans, here's, here's the clip that uh, is the bane of your existence. Oh, so everything you probably just heard is all going to be wrong. We're so, we're sorry. And we're sorry in advance to Oilers fans in particular, us gushing over uh, McDavid. Pittsburgh hopefully is we, not getting Hopefully we uh, don't jinx them enough or yeah, we. Uh, I, I think we definitely did jinx the Oilers a little bit, but I will say it seems they've recovered from that. Start of the season did not go well. Really underperformed. McDavid got hurt. Big goaltending issues. But it seems like at least as of now, overall, they're, they've pretty much rebounded, and Stuart Skinner is playing well enough right now in goal. So that makes me feel a lot more comfortable with what my early season prediction was of the Oilers being right at the top of the division. I'm not that comfortable, but I've got them sneaking back up to the second spot in the Pacific. Vancouver up at one. Then I got Vegas at three. And this is where it gets a little interesting for me in the Western Conference. I guess I'd say the biggest fall that I have is the Los Angeles Kings still make the playoffs in the second wild card spot um, but they have not been playing well as of right now they I believe are one five and four in their last 10 things are going pretty poorly for the Kings um, I'm very concerned over a full season about their goaltending situation and again I will say sure they could trade and improve that that's easier said than done especially in season in my opinion so I, I have them hanging on, but just barely. They're, they're going to fall to that second wild card spot. And so as of right now, the Predators would make it, but I have them falling out, and I have the Kraken going up. And overall, I think the Kraken are playing fairly well. We've been on record saying they're missing that true elite piece. 
but we've also been on record saying we are not a fan of their goaltending situation, specifically Grubauer. But the positive for the Kraken has been Grubauer is not the one leading them. It's Joey Decord who is playing at a, I will just say an elite level right now. Very just unforeseen. But I, I think if he can continue that, and even if he regresses a little bit, he'd still be average to above average. They're two points outside of a wild card spot right now. They sneak in, I think. I was I originally had the Kraken over the Coyotes, but then I I decided to stay on my Coyotes bandwagon because I do like their I do like their roster a lot, and I think goaltending just in tandem is a little bit better, and I feel a little bit better about. Ingram sustaining opposed to Decord. I mean, we're splitting hairs here, but one thing I will note in the Pacific Division right now, the Kings and Oilers have games in hand. LA, 41 games. Oilers have only played 40 games, so each of them have, well, LA, three in hand. Oilers, four in hand with pretty much everyone else around them. So because of that, plus where they are, I have... So I have Vancouver first, and I was actually really tempted to predict the Oilers still win the division. But point again, points banked. Vancouver's at sixty-two points right now. The Oilers at forty-nine. I know with four in hand. So even if they were to win those four games, they're still seven points back. If my quick math serves me correctly, forty-nine plus six is fifty-five. Yeah, seven points back to to sixty-two plus eight. Four games, right? Oh, four games, yeah. I'm, yeah, so plus eight. So my, my quick math so is not serving me right. seven games back. Because they'd get up to... No, 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 I just did the six. <laughs> um, five points back. Five points that, back. So they would still be five so points it, back. It's close, but... Is that close enough? Well, Vancouver's playing very, very well. Yeah, we haven't seen... We haven't seen Vancouver crack a ton. Their, their goal differential is phenomenal. I it it's tough to it's just tough to see them fall from the top spot in that division with where things sit. But I have the Oilers getting second. I have the Kings holding on for third. I think they banked enough points plus a couple games in hand is good enough. And I still like their roster outside of goalie. Maybe they can yeah. find someone just like they did last year with Phoenix Copley to come in and kind of provide a spark in the second half of the year I think they hold on in it and I also would say I like just looking at them on paper a lot more than most the other teams in the division so the one team that I haven't mentioned yet Vegas Golden Knights I do have them as a wild card spot but Jack Eichel injury sounds a little ominous I mean there's 12 weeks until the playoffs so maybe he'll be out about 12 weeks conveniently who knows but that doesn't inspire confidence and they have not been playing great either no they're an interesting team being second in that division when you go and look at their metrics it's kind of almost shocking so i i had them in still in that third spot but dropping um not maintaining that second spot and part of it is it's eichel and it's just overall that team has not been doing well just like you said and I, I agree with the Kings. I love their roster, other than the goaltending. 
that's where my concern is. I don't think it's going to be easy to improve that because I think there's going to be a lot of teams looking to do it. Okay, so from there, where do you want to move to? President's Trophy winners first, and okay. then, we'll, then we'll recap and give kind of our playoff predictions, then we'll do our season awards. So President's Trophy, I have the Winnipeg Jets winning the President's Trophy. Their metrics are good. Their Corsi expected goals at five on five are good. And they have a goalie. And a goalie who is catching fire and playing phenomenal hockey. Plus, they already have points banked. To me, that's a recipe for success for a President's Trophy at this point in the season. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. They were right up there for me as as a team to pick. I'm kind of glad I didn't just so we could be a little different here. I, I went with the Florida Panthers. They So they're at 58 points right now. That's four back from Winnipeg, who's tied for the most in the league. Florida started out playing pretty well considering some big injuries on the team. My biggest concern with them is their goaltending, but it's been about average so far. And, you know, I, I'm going to say as the year rounds out, we'll see a little bit of a bump there in that. And th- that's kind of where I'm at with Florida. I, I think just overall being a little bit healthier now than they were at the beginning of the season, they're on a roll, 7-1-2 uh, and two in their last 10. And I, I could see them continuing that type of stretch throughout the end of the year. I... I don't disagree I, we both had Florida missing the playoffs at the start of the season because we were expecting them to really falter at the start of the season get hot but maybe not quite have enough ground to basically not have enough runway to make up and they were able to play good hockey and now they're going on that hot streak we we expected so I think I think that's a absolutely fine suggestion I like and I'd also say, frankly, in the Atlantic Division, there's some points to be had for them in with the in-division matchups because I don't think the Atlantic Division is actually that strong. No, I definitely agree. And to, to speak to that start of the season, this is 23 games in end of November. Florida Panthers were the sixth best sixth best team in the league. And that's like they were dealing with injuries at the beginning of the year. And like you said, we thought they were going to do so poorly they wouldn't be able to make the playoffs. So to to be that good with some major injuries, I believe it was Montour and Ekblad, weathered the storm. They're still right up at towards the top right now, I think second in the east. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what's going into my decision there. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think both of those teams, the Panthers and the Jets, have a real good shot at, at that President's Trophy. So I'll run through your playoff teams, and then you can kind of talk through how you see things shaping out, and then you can run through mine. I'll talk through how I have them shaping out. So you have... You've put together this really cool little bracket for that we're using. We're going to tweet this out, um, and we're also hoping to be able to provide one for you as a listener to play around with and fill out your own kind of midseason bracket. Tweet us, tweet it back at us, and uh, let's let's see what we can get. 
So you have in the East, you have the Florida Panthers winning the Atlantic Division, facing off against the Philadelphia Flyers wild card two. How do you see that matchup going? I don't want to be mean to the Flyers, but it wouldn't shock me if that's a sweep. Florida, I mean, I mean, I picked them as the President's Trophy winner, so I think that kind of says it all, but that's a pretty easy matchup for me to pick for Florida. So then the Atlantic Division two team you have is the Boston Bruins playing against the Atlantic Division three team, Toronto Maple Leafs. Where, where do we go here? Sorry, Leafs fans, it's the Bruins. You know, I, I think the Bruins are still a very solid team, and I would expect them to pick up a key piece or two, especially a center. The fact that they're still one of the best teams in hockey without that key piece, I, I think come playoff time it's going to be pretty tough to handle the Bruins, and Toronto's goalie situation worries me. Metro winner you had the Carolina Hurricanes they would face the wild card one given you have the Panthers as the as the top team overall you have wild card one New Jersey Devils so Hurricanes Devils what I think some people were hoping for I guess is a second round matchup because of the NHL playoffs but um, that that in the preseason was a spicy like everyone was looking forward to that so but you have that first round because of NHL yeah yeah, I do. It It is what it is. So, I, I mean, I've got the Devils, I guess, with an upset of Carolina. I have Carolina finishing first, the Devils in that wild card spot. I think it's really a lot closer than that makes it look as far as talent on both teams. With the Devils kind of just having a shaky, inconsistent start to the season, I think their offense is good enough that in first round of the playoffs, I'm going to say they kind of take over. And I, I, it's not a sweep by any means. I could see this going seven games. I, I don't know how many uh, uh, games the Devils have had, like their optimal lineup this season with yeah. between Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Injury, Simon Nemich has now been playing more regularly. It seems like he should be one of their regular top six defensemen goaltending of course is a will be a question mark does that lead to changes in carolina if uh if the devils beat them in the first round or at least the first so round exit? to me kind of I, I think it makes a decision easier going down the route i think they might go anyways rod brindamore as head coach he's in his last year he's I guess a free agent at the end of the season and I kind of wonder I feel like Carolina is a little too cheap to keep him around he's going to be really sought after I think and get a pretty nice payday which isn't something Carolina traditionally is going to do so that was quick interlude finish up the first round in the east Rangers versus the Penguins. The Rangers would be second in the Metro versus the Penguins, your third team in the Metro. Yeah, so I think the Penguins, uh, there's only so many more years for that core to really push forward. They added to it in a big way with Carlson. I, I think just their playoff experience, as cliche as that is, I think that gets them past the Rangers, who are still, I'm going to say overall, a little thin up front. 
which I think is going to be tough for them. And one of the things I really like about the Rangers is they've got this franchise goaltender, and he's playing fine, but so far not really to that elite level. So I, I go Penguins over Rangers. So you have the Metro, uh, the Atlantic matchup being the Panthers-Bruins, and then the Metro matchup, Devils-Penguins. So who's going to play for the in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, so got Panthers over the Bruins. I think the Panthers are just enough of a powerhouse throughout that lineup. It's going to be tough for the Bruins to overcome. And I've got the Penguins moving on past the Devils. I think that's where the Devils offense kind of sputters a little bit with the Penguins. Some good defensive, or I, I should say some more. Uh, they've got a handful of forwards who are defensively responsible. I, I think that's going to make it tough for New Jersey to get past them. And quite honestly, I like the Penguins goalie much better than what the Devils currently have. So you, you were on the Penguins from the preseason as well. You had them going to the finals in your preseason prediction. Do you have them still going to the finals, or are the Panthers too much for you? Panthers are too much, um, so that that is a change for me in the final. So Panthers make it there. There's players on the Panthers who I think people in general just don't realize they're even good um, until you go and really dive into their numbers. Good depth on that team. I, I and high-end talent as well I, I think it's just too much to overcome so we'll we'll figure out who they're going to meet uh shortly because we gotta we gotta go through the western conference matchup so central division winnipeg jets versus your wild card two la kings so you have the uh, the jets having the most points in the western conference when all is said and done how do you see uh kings jets going i think if any of your earlier comments are any indication i think everyone should know yeah, so it, I think it's going to be tough for the Kings to really hold on here. And quite honestly, the, the biggest reason to have the Jets move forward is Connor Hellebuck. Could very well have a Vesna this year, uh, assuming he continues the stellar play. It's just going to be too much for the Kings. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to really get enough enough goals on the board to keep up with how much they give up with their goaltending. Other central matchup, it would be Dallas Stars as the home team, Colorado Avalanche as the away team, if you will. So Dallas is the second, Colorado is the third. Who's coming out of that matchup? Yeah, so I, I love the depth for the Stars, um, and they've got a pretty decent goalie uh, usually, albeit a rocky start. So I, I've got them moving ahead. I, I think with Colorado, they've got one of the best players in the league in Nathan McKinnon, but... The depth on that team, especially at forward, is not great. It's okay. And then another team, goaltending is a bit of an issue. So I, I just I don't think they have quite enough this year to get past a team like Dallas who is just m much deeper in all aspects of the lineup. Stan, I want to throw in with, with Colorado, uh, Georgiev is on pace for around 60 starts, which is just absolutely was not the plan and that's just no. absolutely insane so if you like if you want to bet on a goalie fizzling out later in the season there's probably your candidate because he's been overworked i mean it, colorado's winning games right now but that might catch up to them at some point so pacific division you had the canucks winning so they would face the wild card one who you had as the seattle kraken yeah so this is a fun matchup i think just from a geography standpoint 
should really set some fire into that rivalry. This was honestly a tough one for me because I think Seattle gets a little better, and I think Vancouver, even though I have them finishing first, they don't look quite as good by the end of the year. But that said, I think Vancouver still has enough to pull ahead here. I think Demko, another goalie who could possibly win the Vesna, I think he regresses a little bit, but he still plays well enough. And Patterson up front and Quinn Hughes on the back end, it's something that should serve Vancouver well for another decade. So that firepower, that's what puts them ahead. So then last Pacific Division matchup, Oilers, Vegas, Golden Knights. Yeah, so this one's not hard for me. I think, honestly, by the end of the year, Edmonton's going to be feeling good enough that they sweep the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I think McDavid's going to be way too much, and that doesn't even really give credit to some other players. Zach Hyman's having an unbelievable season. Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl up front there. You've got Bouchard, who we've been on record loving him as a player. If their goaltending can be average, they, I think, are going to do some damage in the playoffs. So that leaves Winnipeg-Dallas, Vancouver-Edmonton. So who's who's in the Western Conference Final? Yeah, so looking at the Jets advancing past the Stars, and I We've talked about the Jets a little bit so far this episode. I won't go too in-depth other than Connor Hellebuck. That's it, Connor Hellebuck. So your preseason projection was the Oilers in the Stanley Cup Finals and actually lifting the Cup. What? Where do we stand now? Yeah, so I've got them going past the Canucks pretty easily. Again, Connor McDavid and some of those other names I mentioned. It's going to be a little too much for Demko to keep up with. Western Conference Final, that means Jets and Oilers, and I've got the Oilers getting past there. I think Hellebuck, by the end of that playoffs, is just feeling it, and best player in the world. I'm going to say this goes six games, that Western Conference Final, and McDavid's going to have, I'm going to say, 14 points in that series. And it's too much for the Jets to keep up with. So that means an Oilers-Panthers Cup Final. And I really kind of wanted to say McDavid finally gets his cup. But when I look at the core of these teams, it matches up pretty well, actually. I like the goaltending situation a little bit better for Florida Panthers. I think Bobrovsky in the playoffs is going to be good enough. Probably a very back-and-forth series, but go Panthers. Stanley Cup champion. See, we'll see where see where I fall here. So, yeah, um, we'll we'll start we'll start with my Atlantic division, I guess. All right. So in the Atlantic, uh, you've got the Panthers, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs all making it. In the Metro, you've got the Hurricanes, Rangers, and Devils in that order, and then the two wildcard teams, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers, also make it. Now, what that means for playoff matchups, so it looks like you've also got the Panthers against wildcard two, the Philadelphia Flyers. How does that go? 
So here I'll I'll save a little bit of trouble if you just listen to the what James just ran down for his. I have the Panthers facing the Bruins and the Panthers making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So yeah, we we, same have, exact. we have the exact same. So won't won't spend any time there. I I agree with pretty much every single point you made. Panthers are good enough. Boston has enough goalie goaltending really to get past Toronto, but probably not enough firepower to keep up with Florida. Florida should clearly be the best team by season end. And I think they push some chips in the table and even get better. So the Panthers easily to the Eastern Conference final to me. Yep. Just to highlight a couple of those other matchups. So you've got the Hurricanes finishing first in the Metro. And they're going to end up facing wildcard team in the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you think of that? I don't think the Penguins have the depth to keep up with the Hurricanes. Um, I think Pittsburgh's biggest issue this year is their bottom six forward group, and the Hurricanes' strength is probably their bottom six forward group, plus having like three good defensive pairs to roll out. Goaltending, to me, is probably similar. Maybe Pittsburgh a slight edge, but I think when all said and done, especially if we're talking like a long series, which it very well could be, I think Carolina just grinds them down just too... Not a good matchup for Pittsburgh when all said and done. So Carolina advances to the second round. Okay, so who is Carolina playing? It's either the Rangers or the Devils. Man, I'm still not a huge Ranger lover, as we as we already heard. <laughs> I think the Devils bring it together. I think the big thing with them is if they can get healthy and get everyone on the ice together they're going to be a dangerous enough team to get past the Rangers. Okay. So they end up meeting the the uh, Hurricanes in the second round. What happens there? I think Hurricanes are still too good. Uh, just, just, again, the depth top to bottom in their lineup. And I right now would feel better about the Hurricanes goaltending situation than the Devils. So Hurricanes get by. Again, it might be a, might be a lengthy run for the Hurricanes already, so I have them playing a lot of games to get to the Eastern Conference Final, but I think they grind it out. Okay, so that means an Eastern Conference Final of Panthers, Hurricanes. Now, you said the Panthers go all the way to the final. Is that series a close one? I don't think so. I think the Panthers, I think the Hurricanes basically have to play too much hockey Panthers get through relatively easier than the Hurricanes, and I think that that starts to catch up at the in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, Panthers out of the East for me. I, I think that they're the just the better team, and as you, I I take Bobrovsky, I guess, over whoever Carolina is rolling out in goal. Okay, so moving on from there, we got to figure out who they are playing. So. Uh, first matchup in the West that we have to look at here is the Winnipeg Jets. They're going to be playing the Wild Card two since they are your President's Trophy and top in the West. Wild Card two was Arizona. How does that go? I like Arizona, but not not enough. The Jets, the Jets come through. Connor Hellebuck is the reason why. Cool story. Arizona making it ends quickly. It is, and then the the history of the franchises, you know. Okay, yep. Winnipeg Revenge Series, if you will. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Central Team 2 and 3, Avalanche, Stars, whoever wins faces the Jets. Who is it? 
guess I should have just went with the same notion. The East is right here is I have the Dallas Stars uh, because I think Georgiev just just tires out and I don't think he has enough. And then here I, I have the exact same team coming ultimately out of the central bracket part, if you will. The Winnipeg Jets will go to the Western Conference Finals. All righty. So moving on to the Pacific. Vancouver finished first, so they face wildcard team in the Vegas Golden Knights. Who wins? The playoff experience of Vegas and a healthy Jack Eichel who miraculously returns for the playoffs after they make a deadline trade addition to improve their roster gets gets Vegas ahead of Vancouver and everyone's yet upset again upset about long-term injured reserve. You know, I, I don't want that to be a thing, but I'd almost be shocked if it wasn't. <laughs> um, okay, so Vegas over Vancouver. Uh, last matchup in the first round is Oilers-Kings. I think the Oilers are on a mission. So McDavid's on a mission. The Oilers beat the Kings. Both have suspect goaltending. Bet the over goals for the series. It can't go high enough. But the Oilers, I think, are get it done they have the playoff experience as well okay so that means oilers golden knights do the oilers continue their mission further i think this year the oilers get the better of vegas but it's probably again another nail biter maybe going to seven games so i have oilers jets western conference finals just like i think maybe the grind catches up to the hurricanes in the east i think the grind might catch up to the oilers in the west and I'm going to go with the best goalie to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and that's Connor Hellbuck with the Winnipeg Jets. So I have the Winnipeg Jets against the Florida Panthers. The NHL central office is going crazy with this matchup. <laughs> the TV executives are partying. Winnipeg Jets, Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're real happy about that. <laughs> And then I'll I'll say that the Winnipeg Jets on basically the back of Connor Hellbuck win it. Um, I'm basically betting on a good team on the ice with the best goalie to to win the Stanley Cup this year. Before we move on to um, some of the individual trophies, Winnipeg before the season, I, I guess we'll say throughout the off season, before the season. We were pretty, I guess I'll say, down on Winnipeg. Um, kind of how some situations have unfolded there in the past year or so. Kind of seemed like they needed to kind of fold, I guess, and cash out. Um, maybe trade some players. Maybe not rebuild, but at least retool. That, that's what we were saying, and I, I'm... I didn't have Winnipeg getting all the way to the cup final. I didn't have them winning it, but it wouldn't shock me at this point. I, I think it's a good pick. I think that might be, of all things, our biggest miss is the Winnipeg Jets, at least over the past year as far as predictions like this. Definitely a much stronger team than I was thinking they would be. To me, the difference is is their underlying metrics are a lot better than I would have expected, and they have historically been. So they're they're earning their wins now. It's so again, Connor Hellebuck is playing phenomenal hockey. Yes, 
But Winnipeg is also earning their wins, and he's not just stealing them games. And early in the season, he wasn't playing as strongly, and exactly. they were still winning games. So that, to me, is a good sign. Um, and I think the Dubois trade might have allowed them to build out their depth, which might have been their issue before, at least up front, because I, yeah. de- I think their depth and defense is good. I agree. Their Their defensive core is... I'm going to say it's uh, it's not elite, but just overall it's v- pretty good. Um, they, they don't have that one huge name, but I think Morrissey's probably their top guy there and underrated, I'd say. And just through that uh, defensive lineup, some names that are pretty solid. So, yeah, it's it's a team that on paper I think was always pretty good. I do agree they upgraded their depth up front and yeah they they're kind of one of those average to a little above average teams in general with a goalie who could arguably make them the best team in hockey we'll point out another kind of ironic thing that we're both predicting is we both have the team that we're predicting to win the president's trophy to win the stanley cup and that historically has not happened true Uh, I think what might be different with both of our predictions this year is a lot of times the president's trophy at this point in the season, it's pretty known who's getting it. And these teams are going to have to continue to battle to win it. So they can't let off the gas later in the season. And I think maybe that's historically what's been a level of issue or like last year, the Bruins trying to break the record and maybe putting too much towards that when they should have been resting some guys load managing if you will so i think that's an interesting thing but the logic of one of those teams kind of being a little more battle tested might might actually be a good thing this year for the president's trophy winner because there's no runaway winner yet yep potentially and i I think i think the route through the playoffs for each of our winners ended up at least on paper right now it seems like it might be a little easier than it is for a lot of the other teams which makes sense being top seeds but um i mean we we both got florida going through the flyers at first and boston shouldn't be easy but i don't think it's going to be a huge challenge at least is just how they match up on paper so i i i think that's certainly fair to point out because it traditionally it or historically it just doesn't happen but i think there's potential there for it for it to happen this year so we have i have the winnipeg jets james has the florida panthers you we we will be tweeting out a nice graphic check that out hope you can also make your own get uh send them to us so let's conclude this episode with some player awards this is the this is the time of year that everyone's doing them so we might as well do them as well so we'll run down the major uh, play- player awards, starting with, I guess this isn't necessarily voted on, but uh, it's it's a fact. Whoever wins this, the Art Ross, most points at the end of the season. You have uh, probably no one, it will be surprised by your pick here. Yeah, so I've got Nathan McKinnon. At this moment, he's tied with Kucherov. I think he would pull away from Kucherov by the end of the season. My previous pick at the beginning of the year was Connor McDavid. McDavid kind of starting out slow, being hurt. I 
personally just don't think he can quite make up the ground. But I think there's an argument coming that he can. Who is your Art Ross pick? See, I, I think McDavid makes it up because that's that's just the role that the team's been on. They've like everything's been going their direction. He's had multiple, multiple, like five, six point nights. I might be a little hyperbolic there, but he McKinnon's been scoring steadily. McDavid's just been scoring so much in bunches that I think he he can pretty quickly make this up. And if he's a man on a mission over the last half of the season, I I would not be surprised if he bridges that gap, which a- actually isn't as big as probably people are thinking right now. It's, I think, so 13 points or so. 14, 14 points, which usually that would be a pretty significant gap. I'll admit for Connor McDavid it probably isn't. My thing with picking McKinnon is right now with Colorado, he's kind of carrying that offense, and I think he's going to have to continue doing that through the rest of the year, and I think he's very capable of doing that. I originally wanted to just copy and paste Connor McDavid right into the spot, Art Ross. I gave a little pause and decided to roll with McKinnon. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not comfortable with the pick because of McDavid but I think it's doable so what you just laid out for McKinnon there is why I have him winning the Hart Trophy for most valuable player is he is sustaining that team McDavid I think will get the points because he has the supporting cast around him who are scoring goals and he can get assists as well McKinnon is driving the avalanche so I think ultimately his season-long sustained success and basically putting the team on his shoulders has him winning the MVP even though he doesn't end up with the most points. Okay. I agree, and I like that line of thinking. It's not always how it actually goes. It's not usually how it goes, unfortunately. But um, I agree. I've got McKinnon Hart Trophy as well. There's some other players, I think, should be mentioned there I don't think they'll get it but worthy of it might be the better uh, way to say this you listed Sam Reinhart I 100% agree you also have McDavid there I I do as well I had put Nikita Kucherov if Tampa has any chance he's gonna need to keep scoring as much as he is and typically if a guy's scoring at that rate he's going to get some heart trophy votes and if he doesn't score at that rate they're they're falling apart the other player you have listed is Sidney Crosby I think he's been extremely important for the Penguins so I I think those are all players worthy I think it's gonna probably come down to McKinnon or McDavid I I agree Um, I think Kucherov if I, I thought I thought about putting him as like an honorable mention, but if Tampa doesn't make the playoffs, I don't think he's going to get the votes for him for most valuable player. And I and for me, it's as simple as that. I don't. So I I agree. I don't think so either. I think if even if they just make it as a wild card team, just him being Nikita Kucherov and on the Tampa Bay Lightning, there will be probably too many people choosing him. So I think Crosby gets some love for his renaissance season yeah. and the name that he carries. I hope Sam Reinhart gets some love. 
I'm not sure that that's going to be as in the Hart Trophy discussion. He deserves to be in the Hart Trophy discussion, but I'm not sure he he's there. I think even Austin Matthews might end up more in the discussion than Reinhardt at the end of the year, which is probably not correct. But I, I wanted to throw Reinhardt out because I think he deserves the credit, but I don't think he's going to get the credit here. Yeah, probably not. There is one award, though, that we do, I believe we both think Reinhardt should get a very serious look at, the Selkie. I have Reinhardt. He's, he would be my pick um, pretty easily. You've got him there as well. Very good all-around forward who is extremely responsible defensively. To me, almost seems like an easy pick this year, especially with Bergeron gone. We've got some interesting names. Both of us have some names listed behind Reinhardt. Do you want to kind of dive in? So I, I kind of made a face as as you were saying. He should Reinhardt should be an easy name with Bergeron gone, but I think there's still going to be like a Kopitar who gets love even though he on ice should not his own teammate may get more votes in barkov sam reinhardt's teammate uh, yep, yeah that's the that, so, that's that's the con- so my concern for reinhardt is there's two names kopitar barkov who historically have been selkie winners yep. or at least very strong contenders for it this is an award I feel like that's a lot of just name recognition and yeah. and um, prestige and everything around that. Like, I'm, I'm at a loss for what word I'm looking for, but um, just just historically, it goes to names who, yeah, who have kind of prestige around them. Once I think, once someone has been elite for a few years um, and has been in that conversation for the Selkie. Yeah, it, it kind of is what happens. I wonder if Kopitar has taken enough of a step back um, where he isn't getting quite as many votes. I could easily see this being Barkov, and his numbers are pretty good still. I don't want to say he's not deserving. I think Reinhardt's more deserving. And I, I even think there might be some other players who should get a look. But, you know, when you pay attention to numbers... I'll say more often than the average fan. We're deep into analytics. We like to pick out some names that I feel like the average fan would say, are you kidding me? But they're actually performing very well defensively for their teams. I mentioned we've each got a list of a few names. You want to start with yours and so throw them out there? So I'll, I'll start with one name that I don't that I think will be in the discussion because historically, again, has the reputation around him. Jordan Stahl from Carolina has historically been one of the better two-way centers, really more of a defensive center. Um, So if he's in the discussion, that would not be a surprise at all. He deserves to be, and, I mean, his goal, his offensive output, but he is an elite defensive center. So he, I expect, will be in the discussion because of the name recognition and everything. But I also, I think his teammates actually more deserving in Jesper Faust if we're looking at just pure defensive impact. Jesper Faust is one of the best defensive players in the league. Um, so to me, he's a deserving player. I think some people have started to put a little bit of 
uh, kind of prestige with with his name for this award. But I, when all says when all is said and done for voting, I don't think he gets as many votes. The other two names I have here are both Canadian, Western Canadian players who, I don't know if that's in their favor or not in their favor. I think when you when I'm predicting the Winnipeg Jets to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup, although this is a uh, regular season award, some of their players have to get some recognition. And I think Adam Lowry, their captain, who's is a two-way player, I think he's not as strong as some of those other guys I mentioned, but he's also probably better than a lot of people expect defensively. So to me, he he might get he deserves maybe a level of recognition. Maybe with if the Jets do have a great season, he gets that. And then Blake Coleman from Calgary has he's historically actually been a really good two way player. Again, I don't think he's gotten the recognition he deserves, but I I think one year he did get some votes for Selkie, so maybe he's in the conversation. So Reinhardt winning it is my is my prediction. I would see Jordan Stahl right there, but I think some players that are deserving of mention, Jesper Foss, Adam Lowry, and uh, Blake Coleman. Yeah, th- those are guys, so uh, I guess I'll just say analytics community loves players like that. And honestly, sometimes those guys show up on the Selkie ballot just much lower. They get tossed a couple votes. A lot of times it's from a, a writer who covers their team and kind of knows like how good this guy is. Um, a couple more I listed, Brennan Hagel for Tampa. Very good defensively to the point where if he wasn't on that Tampa team, I think things look much different for them in the standings. Other name I want to point out, and this will kind of help boost your Winnipeg Jets win the Stanley Cup, Cole Perfetti. Quietly having a good defensive year. And I say that because he's the former first-round draft pick, top prospect, who I think people would assume offensive success, which it's there this year. He's doing well, but I don't know if as many people realize he's playing very well defensively as well. So there's another name for Winnipeg. Last thing I want to say on the Selkie, uh, or I guess a last point I want to make, centers usually get much more love. So when we toss out names like Jesper Foss, Lowry plays center, Coleman's usually on the wing. Two extra guys I mentioned, Hagel, Perfetti, they're on the wing. Usually Perfetti sometimes slides over. Just with how many people are voting, it's historically tougher for wingers to gain some traction with this vote, which could also make it tough for Sam Reinhart. Um, But... That's probably enough on the Selkie. Moving on, we want to do Calder. Save Calder for the end. Norris. Let's do let's do Vesna because Vesna. I think I think this one's a pretty pretty straightforward yeah. one. So let's do Vesna. Uh yeah. So we've both got Hellebuck. Yeah. Um, pretty easy right now, I think, to choose Hellebuck. We each listed two extra names, and we each listed two different extra names. Um, I'll, I'll go first with this one. So I briefly touched on it. Joey Decord for Seattle playing way better than I think anyone thought he could. And I've got Jeremy Swayman listed there. Cause let's be honest, Boston's goalies are they're They're keeping them in it. And Swayman this season has 
been, I think, the bigger um, force in that. You've got two guys listed. I have Demko from Vancouver. I don't think that would be a surprise at all. He's going to have a lot of wins as their true number one playing the most games, so not a surprise. And much like you have Decor because you have Seattle uh, sneaking in, I have Connor Ingram uh, because I have Arizona sneaking in, and he's putting up shutouts which and wins shutouts and wins in the way that the gms the gms vote on this award uh the way they generally vote is they look at numbers like that and he has wins and he has shutouts so i'm just making a prediction that because of that he's he's actually more in the conversation especially if the coyotes make the playoffs on swayman i i like the pick i just unfortunately with allmark also there they could very easily split votes which hurts both of them so I think both Allmark and Swayman would be deserving of being in the conversation, and I think that ultimately hurts both of them. So Norris, let's. So we haven't given the Canucks a ton of love, but I think he. I think here's where we both we both have Quinn Hughes as our winner, but we have kind of our other two finalists. A little bit, a little bit difference here. Yeah. So Quinn Hughes right at the top. If I had to go with a number two, I'm doing Evan Bouchard. And then three, Noah Dobson. Both younger right shots who I think are way better than people realize they are. But yeah, those are my two. I I think uh, they've both been pretty good offensively and defensively. You picked one of the same names, brought in someone else. So I agree on Dobson. I think he's really propped the Islanders' defense up, especially with some injuries back there. So for me, this comes down to reputation. Bouchard, early this year in Edmonton, was thought of as horrible defensively, <laughs> and I don't, and I don't think he shakes that this season. And being in the Canadian market, I think that that's going to be held against him at least from that perspective. So Cal McCarr, again, speaking reputation, Cal McCarr, I have in the final as a finalist. I mean, him and McKinnon are basically driving the Avalanche, so he's going to get recognition for that. I think him and Quinn Hughes ultimately are actually a lot closer than we think, but Hughes should win it this year as long as both stay on kind of their current pace. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I don't think there's a whole lot else to add to it. Other than I, I guess for Vancouver, Quinn Hughes has a defensive partner, Philip Hronick, who if you look at his stats could actually get some Norris Trophy votes himself. Um but I more so wanted to toss that out there as it seems like Hughes finally has a real solid top pair partner to play with. Could very much be a reason he's having this great of a season. We'll finish with the Calder because I think that, well, maybe isn't as much of a shock anymore because of Bedard's injury. But I'll just come out and say neither of us ha- actually have Connor Bedard winning the Calder at this point. Um, you have a forward whose name I was not expecting to see, and I and I don't dislike the idea, but I think reputation the team he's on is going to have him not winning it. Very possible. So Ridley Gregg, he, uh, it, it's 100%. I fully agree with you. Him being on Ottawa, it's probably going to be associated that he's not very good. He's one of their better forwards this year. And really, from a metric standpoint, he's one of the better players in hockey. Absolutely should get votes. I 
will 100% though agree it's very possible he doesn't get very many if any at all because of being on Ottawa I've got Brock Faber second stepping in for Spurgeon as Minnesota's top defenseman and he's doing pretty well on top of that we just found out today Spurgeon's going to miss the entire season what that means for Faber he's going to continue right in that role throughout the end of the year so I he's pretty easily my number two Bedard's going to miss some time broken jaw he's up there in points his underlying metrics aren't good that said he's Connor Bedard I think he comes back still finishes at the top in point total for rookies and because of that name recognition and the points he's going to get some votes so he's my three we have some similar names but you tossed in one more so why don't you run through your order so i have faber winning it basically everything you said about brock faber is why i have him winning it and i also don't think a forward not named bedard is going to win with just based on reputation and name recognition and i don't think that's necessarily correct but if i'm trying to be accurate with my prediction i don't think a forward not named Connor bedard wins it i mean i think i think ridley greg's having a good season zach benson's dropped off a little bit in buffalo but he he in theory should get some votes he probably won't but my other finalist is luke hughes who is really coming on strong in new jersey and again same logic as i just don't see a forward getting a nod over bedard so luke hughes on a good devils team i think down the stretch with the name recognition and he really is playing really good hockey for that team so that, that, to me, will be the other uh, finalist. So, Faber winning, Luke Hughes, and Bedard is the other two. So, I think, that's, uh, I think we're through all our awards, our predictions that are, of course, going to be wrong yet again. But, you know, the more darts you throw at the dartboard, the, the better shot you have of hitting a bullseye. But hopefully you enjoyed it. We appreciate you listening to this episode of the Max Term Podcast. Feel free to... Hit us up uh, on X, formerly Twitter, at MaxTermPod, at AFP Analytics, and be on the lookout for some cool things coming to the at AFP uh, Analytics Twitter account on contract projections. If you want to fill out your own bracket, at AFP Analytics on Twitter, we're hoping to get a template up that you can play around with yourself. Tweet it back at us and uh, let us know what you're thinking. And with that, we appreciate you listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you next time.